I remember when I was in the 100-day challenge and I was just in this intense flow. Now, for those of you who may be new to my content, about three years ago, I started a YouTube channel, actually a little over three, probably four now, where I was uploading videos pretty consistently, I would say two to three times per week, and then all of a sudden, I had this flow of uh, inspiration take over me and decide this crazy idea that I was going to upload a video every day for 100 days. And I remember deciding this, it just felt right in the moment, and so I did it. And what happened was when I was in this phase of just creating constantly every day, my here's what my routine would look like. I would wake up not necessarily knowing what video I was going to make that day, but I would have woken up to a video I'd posted from the day before. I would do my morning routine, meditation, journaling, working out, and then I would start my summer internship around 9, 10 a.m. And at the time, I was working for an online um, store that's called Cape Clasp. You can check them out on Instagram. And I was helping Pat, the owner, set up his store, run Facebook ads, and just learn how to run an, an e-com store. And around, I would say, 4 p.m. when I would finish, I would then go out and shoot content for my vlog with some friends or even by myself sometimes, but mostly with friends, uh, all the way up until, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 p.m. sometimes. Then I would get home, eat dinner, and start editing. And I just remember that every single night I would look forward to this process because I would hit this flow state where I would just get in like so in the moment. And I would be in this this like practice, like editing phase slash just like it felt like it just felt like I'd never experienced anything like this before where I was editing and just felt so aligned with what I was supposed to be doing at the time. And I was enjoying the process so much. I remember... I would have so much fun editing because I would just watch how hilarious my friends were and I would I knew that when I put this thing together my friends would love it and I was growing this audience that would love it and it led me so far. I mean, I completed the challenge. I grew probably 80 90,000 followers over the course of the 100 days and it was really just a, a huge turning point in my uh, in my I guess career as a creator. And so I think there's a lot to learn about this and I kind of reflect on the the stages of creation that I go through now. And so that's why this podcast is called Being, Doing, and the other part of it is a little bit different, so we're going to get to that in a bit. But right now we're going to talk about being and doing, okay, And, and what that really means because at that time... I was very focused on doing and I knew what to do every single day. And I had this plan, it was, in, it was an inspired plan and I knew what to do. But there's also times where I, I sort of feel as though right now, yes, I am in a doing phase, but it's, it's slightly less intense, okay? And it's, um, you know, it's, it's almost as if I'm doing a lot of doing and being at the same time. Like a lot of the, the being is, uh, I I think, gearing up my, oh man, this sounds super strange, but like gearing up my body and my consciousness for the levels of doing which I believe are sort of on my way in the near future. And 
So basically, I, I think, uh, all right, I'll tie in the, the last concept, which is asking, okay? So there's asking, being, and doing. And asking is essentially, you know, I guess sending a request out into the universe or setting an intention of something that you want. Um, and then after you ask, there's kind of this delay period, okay? And so what I've noticed more and more over the years is that when I ask for something, there is a delay. And many people can get very frustrated in this delay. I, for one, actually have been getting slightly frustrated with this delay. But the more that I observe this delay between asking and the actual uh, manifestation of the thing that I ask for, the more I realize that everything is unfolding exactly in the right time period. And so what I would encourage you to do is look at what you've asked for recently, and perhaps it's taking a little while, but notice that when you have asked for things in the past, they may have taken you know, a few days, they may have taken a few weeks, they may have taken a few months. But then when you actually get the thing that you wanted, not only are you, you know, you're happy with it, but you then want new things, but you understand looking back that it had to take that long for the actual thing that you originally asked for to happen. It had to take the months of you working or you learning a different lesson or you hanging out with friends and family to, you know, actually wait for the thing that you are asking for in, uh, at the time you asked for it. So I know that's kind of a lot of, um, jibber jabber, but let's take the concrete example of my 100 day challenge. Now I would say a year before I started it is when I asked for, um, I asked for kind of like this YouTube following. Okay. And I hadn't even started my channel. It took me six months, like I knew I wanted to start one, and then it took me six months to actually post a video because I was scared. Um, but during that time period of waiting and being scared, I was also watching a lot of videos and learning about how vlogs are, are made and how you know people do their tags and descriptions, and I was, I was kind of doing a lot of preliminary work. And then I started posting, right? And during that time period, I, I developed kind of like a base true fan core audience. And then I finally decided to do the 100 day challenge. So I'd already had actually what spans back years and years and years of practice and uh, an experience video editing and filming because I'd been into it ever since I was a little kid. And then so all of a sudden, I, I kind of hit this mode when I was doing the 100 day challenge where it was like, my skill set uh, was ready. My body was ready to take on this this kind of crazy challenge and do it in a way that, you know, other people looked at what I was doing and they were just confused. They were like, wait, how are you doing this every single day, every single night? Like you're editing, you're editing how long a night? Two hours to, do you say sometimes nine hours? Yes, like sometimes I get back at midnight and I wouldn't go to sleep until uh, like 8 a.m. when I was posting the videos. And I made sure the videos were up at 8 a.m. Sometimes they were a little late, but majority of the time they weren't. And people look at that and be like, how could you do that? I can never do that. And that's true. If you see someone who's doing something somewhat unbelievable, right? Like even a, an athlete who's doing just like some crazy, some crazy athletic achievement, or maybe someone who's really good at singing and you go, oh, I could never do that. Well, that's true. You could never do that. But if you really look at that athlete, if you really look at that singer, you know very well that they've been practicing for years and years and years and years 
before they were actually ever able to do the thing that seems like no man or woman could ever do. So what I encourage you to do then is really think to yourself like, okay, what am I asking for? Does it align with things that I've practiced in the past? Because the thing that you end up being really good at and doing is likely going to be something that you're well, you're well practiced at because that type of flow of energy that I, that I got during the hundred day challenge, it simply wouldn't have come to me if I hadn't been sort of in video kind of my entire life and even have been practicing for the last year. Like to do something that other people recognize as amazing, this is kind of, I think where the 10,000 hour rule comes into play. You've got to have so much experience with it that like your body and your skill set is just kind of like prepared for the flow of energy that comes in for you to do it. And I know that that kind of sounds strange, but it's uh it's definitely a good line of thought to follow. Like whatever you're currently doing right now, if you don't feel like you're in the flow, if you don't feel like what you're producing is like, you know, incredible, you just need to put in more work. And you need to put in a lot, like massive amounts of action. Take the Take the Beatles, for example. The Beatles, you know, of course, they produced so many, like hundreds of inspired hits. Um, And, you know, they produced all those, but think about all the hours they put in before they got famous. Think about all the time they spent in like small bars, right, performing, okay? And, And even learning instruments from a younger, younger age. It doesn't, you know, if even if you're starting something like a drop shipping store, or like uh, an Amazon store or a consulting business, it takes a lot of time and practice to really hit. Okay, my friend Quasi, um, he's someone that I talk about quite a bit. He, um, you know, he started this business uh, that he's currently making $100,000 a month in about, I think, a year and a half before he actually hit that point. However, Quasi had been sort of built to teach this business, to teach the teachings he's teaching in his consulting business, which are identity shifting, kind of mixed with um, sort of um, sort of like Vedic traditions. And he also has this engineering background from Boston University. So the way in which that he teaches is so well-practiced and so well-versed that I kind of look at it and I'm even in shock with my friend. But like the way that he goes about teaching these concepts and explaining the videos on YouTube it's like, it's not like he just like did it all in a year. Like his whole life sort of sort of sculpted him and molded him to be able to make these, um, these types of leaps. And, you know, I even look at this with myself, of course, because with a YouTube channel, some people might say, oh, how did you make those videos? You know, how did you make so many in such a short period of time? How did you grow so quickly? Even one of my mentors I was speaking to, I told him that I had 175,000 subscribers and he was like, are you kidding me? Like, wait, how did, how did you do that? Or is that all organic? Like, do you pay for those? I was like, nope, they're all real. And it's like, you know, yeah, I I did it in somewhat of a short period of time, but I'd really been kind of practicing for it my whole life. So whatever venture you're going to into creating, I'd encourage you to sort of look at what you've done in the past and see if you can kind of blend that more into what you're doing now. Because the more that you blend in the strengths that you've been practicing for a very long time, the more, first of all, original and and true to you it actually is. And then the more that you are actually able to access that that uh, that type of energy, that flow that seems superhuman. It's just a matter of a fact of life that the more that you practice something, 
the better you become at it. And the, and because you get better and better at it, then the kind of like otherworldly-ish types of flow states start to come more and more often. Um, and so, you know, I think that's something that's, that, that's a, a bit overlooked, especially when, you know, people start to try a new business or, or try this in like a, a YouTube channel or starting a podcast. It's like, you, you can't really compare your success or your, your achievement to anyone who seems to maybe have done it in a shorter period of time than you, because you have to understand that you may not even understand where that person is coming from and where their past is. So for you, when you ask for something, understand that it may take a few months for you to actually have that thing unfold. Like for me, when I actually decided that I wanted to have 100,000 subscribers, it took, you know, over a year and a half. But then again, it took even longer than that because that's, that roots way back. The roots way back into when I was um, a lot younger. And so bringing that into asking being, right? So when you ask for something, it helps to be. And what I mean be is like calling attention to the present moment, meditating, that kind of thing, so that the doing becomes a lot more clear. Like when you ask for something, you then sort of be, right? You you just practice meditation. You practice, even if you're religious, you could practice prayer. And after that, there comes the doing. The doing becomes a lot more clear. And it's this consistent cycle of asking, being, and doing. And then pretty soon the doing and the being kind of merge into one. Because when you're, like I said, when I was doing the 100-day challenge and I was editing these videos every night, I was so present and in the moment while doing the thing that I love to do that the, I guess you could call another way that I refer to this is the inner purpose, which is just attention to the present moment and the outer purpose, which is what you're contributing to the world. They kind of mesh together and they become this like powerful stream of energy and this powerful thing that you're creating uh, from and you kind of, you put it out there and it's just, it's really cool what can happen when you have all the practice and all of these elements coming together. Now, I also want to share with you a little bit of a, a an inspirational analogy that I thought of this morning where, so my dad really likes the birds, the birds in our yard and we have all of these bird feeders set up and so you can imagine we have our back deck and there's all these plants. My dad loves to garden and so many different plants and like little fixtures and, and different, like we have all these little Buddhas around the yard and he also likes to set up these birds, like these bird feeders. But he really doesn't like it when the squirrels try to eat the bird seed. And so what we've kind of done is sort of tried to create all these obstacles for the squirrels to get around. And just recently, the kind of like our what we thought was our masterpiece design of like not letting the squirrels get the bird feeder, we we kind of bolted in a um, a hinge or like a loop in the side of our house, and then wrapped a kind of like a very thin wire from the house to a tree, probably like 40, 50, 60 feet away. And then in the middle of it, we put a bird feeder. And we kind of thought like, oh, there's absolutely no way that any squirrel is going to be able to get this bird feeder. But lo and behold, yesterday, we're sitting on the back deck and we see this squirrel climbing up the tree. And it was as if like the squirrel, we could almost tell what it was going to do before it even did it. Like it was kind of like going around regularly, but then all of a sudden it sort of paused. And in the moment that the squirrel paused, you could see it sort of like, 
it was almost as if it, like it had set an intention and it had just been charging up for a moment before it was going to be on the bird feeder. Like it literally had to leap about seven or eight feet through the air, risk falling about 40 feet to the ground. Not Maybe not 40 feet, maybe about 25, 30 feet. But it, it was like, there was just this moment where we we're like, oh shit, where we saw the, the squirrel just like, like just brace up. And then all of a sudden there's, it was almost like time stopped and then just leaped like a Jason Bourne slow moment, uh, slow motion scene. And it just lands right on the bird feeder and then it's chowing down on the bird seed. So this squirrel kind of encountered this this challenge that we had created for it. And it just kind of looked at it and it just powered up with this, this energy. And it just, it's almost as if like it saw itself on the bird feeder before it was actually there, but it, it was, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like as soon as it felt compelled to do it, it was already done even before the squirrel did it. Like my, my dad and I knew that our plan had failed. <laughs> and so for you, you might have a big goal, a big challenge. And what I'd encourage you to do is like keep practicing, keep working your way toward that goal. But at a certain point, it will require this big leap. Like for me, it was it was the 100 day challenge. Like I was like, I need to do this. I just feel compelled to do this. And I made the leap. I jumped and it happened, right? And and for the squirrel, like it, it charged up. It said, okay, this is the time. I see the end in sight. This is the intention. It jumped and then it made it happen. And that's kind of that superhuman thing that we see that we don't see all the days before where maybe the squirrel like tried and failed or where it was considering doing it, but was too scared. So I'll leave you with that little analogy. And perhaps you can take that and, and leap off into your own goals and dreams and and your own birdseed. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, great. I would say give it a thumbs up, but I don't think you can um, because I don't think that's how these things work, but whatever. Anyway, you should absolutely sign up for a one-on-one call with me, which you can access once you join the Maxi community. And we can just see if I, I can give you some free coaching and advice about how to get where you want to go in life. Um, And I'm also excited to announce that I have opened up some spots for my new private coaching program where we are a a small group of people and we um, all hold each other accountable. And I do, that's the highest level of access you can get to me as a coach. So if you have more questions about that, shoot me a message um, or join the Maxi community and we can set up a call, a coaching call to kind of of, uh, talk about that. So, all right. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this call and we will talk soon. All right, peace.